Thanks for downloading the free and ad-supported version of Cubs Pod, which is actually three daily Cubs podcasts smashed into one episode. But Cubs Pod is actually a daily Cubs podcast, which is released every single day during the Cubs season on our Patreon page, completely ad-free at patreon.com slash sunranto. In fact, you'll get all Sunranto shows early and ad-free on our private premium RSS feed. Plus, you'll get access to our private Discord group where we host game watches and Cubs fan chats with the Super Ranters. Join us for as little as $1 at patreon.com slash sunranto. Please support independent Cubs media like us, and subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto. We can't do it without you. Thank you. And enjoy this version that is ad-supported of Cubs Pod. It is June 3rd. 2023. And this is Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production for the Fans First Network. I'm your host, Michael Cotton. Apparently, Jameis and Tyone can actually pitch. We had not seen it this year, but last night, he made it into the sixth inning and actually got the win, his first of this year. The only thing more shocking than that was the San Diego Padres' hideous uniforms. They looked like a fake baseball team from the 1980s Miami Vice show. You remember when Chris Sale cut up his White Sox uniform because he didn't want to wear it? I have to assume there are no scissors in a 10-block radius of Petco Park if somebody didn't go after these things. They are a hideous conglomeration of 1980s fonts and neon and oh my gosh just whoo i don't know what uh the city connect people were doing but somebody should have put the kibosh on that one all right let's get back to tyone his final line was 5.2 innings three hits one run which could have been avoided and three k's with no walks on 75 pitches This is the first time all year that Tyone made it through the fifth inning. And uh, again, he probably could have made it through the sixth inning if he didn't give up that run. But that's for later. Um, This, you know, the idea that he, this is the first time he's made it through the fifth inning is pretty crazy for a guy whose biggest selling point was as an inning eater. Uh, I would love to tell you he dominated on the field last night. But this Padres team is not good at hitting. Currently, they are dead last in batting average and second to last in OBP, slugging, and OPS. Now, do you know who the worst is at those things? The Central Division leading Milwaukee Brewers. And if you want to hear what makes that fact even more insane, the top five teams in OPS right now are the Dodgers at one, the Braves at two, Cardinals at three, Diamondbacks at four, and Cubs at five. Two of these things are not like the other three. Yeah, 
Dodgers, Braves, and Diamondbacks are all in first place in their divisions. The Cubs and Cardinals are fourth and fifth, respectively, in the worst division in the league. So, yeah, I have no idea how this central division is working this way, but it's almost upside down when you look at OPS. Uh, The only two are the Pirates and the Reds who are flip-flopped in that the Pirates are actually doing better than the Reds, which is how it honestly should be. But Brewers being the worst hitting team in the league and the Cubs and Cardinals being two of the top five. Hey, uh, somebody needs to go get me some of those advanced stats and explain what's going on. Oh, advanced stats don't actually make a difference when baseball decides it's going to baseball. I see. All right. Back to our regularly regularly scheduled programming. So I'm happy that Tyone finally got a win, but I'm not ready to get super excited because the Padres just aren't good at hitting. Um, On the offensive side of the game, the Cubs only scored two runs despite getting five walks from Michael Walker, and that is not a pun. That is simply a stat from this game. Five walks from Walker. Outside of those walks, though, the Cubs whiffed eight times in 4.2 innings. Yes, uh, Walker was effectively wild, I guess, but not effective enough. The Cubs were able to get a run across in the third inning after Nico singled, uh, Dansby singled, and then a failed double play on a half hit to second base uh, got Nico across the plate. Um, Odor fielded the ball at second, spun, and threw to Bogarts, who got the out at second base, but then he threw to Cronenworth just a split second too late because Hap was hustling down the line. Uh, Remember the old days when we used to say respect 90? Well, Hap definitely respected 90 and made the Nico run count because if he had been thrown out there, it would have still been 0-0. In the fifth inning, Dansby Swanson hit home run number six on the season. Uh, It was a line shot that barely got out over the left field wall, but yeah, he crushed that ball. Just, you know, he he nailed it. Uh, Hopefully he is going to start heating up. They keep saying that May and June are good for him. Well, early on in June, and we're already starting to see a little bit of it. Let's see a little more. Um, But with that, the Cubs are done scoring. Waka faced two more batters, and then he was done, too. Uh, The Padres finally broke through on offense in the sixth inning when Odor hit a double, followed by a single from Bogarts for their only run of the game. But it didn't actually have to be that way. So Odor had moved to third on a ground out by Trent Grisham. So when Bogarts hit what was basically a swinging bunt down the third baseline, Odor was able to score. Of course, if Patrick Wisdom would have just picked up the ball and thrown home, they might have been able to get the out instead of giving up that run. No, instead, Wisdom watched the ball roll and didn't field it. I guess he thought it might roll foul, but the ball was nowhere near the foul line. It wasn't even on the dirt. It was in the grass the whole way, and Wisdom just let the Padres cut the score in half without even attempting to get the out. 
I don't know what was going on, but it was frustrating. Luckily, the Cubs' bullpen was facing the second-worst hitting team in the league, and they were able to handle the last 3.1 innings. Hughes got two outs, Merriweather got two outs, then Alzali got the eighth inning to set up Leiter for the save. Yeah, Leiter made a nice bounce back from sucking the other day and struck out the side for the third save of the year, and the Cubs win 2-1. to one. Tonight's game will start at 9-10 Chicago Standard Time, and we will see Drew Smiley and his two pitches face off against Yu Darvish and his 12 different pitches. Smiley has a 3.45 ERA this season and is only six strikeouts behind Darvish, who has a 4.61 ERA. So a whole run worse is Darvish. Um, I'm not sure what the lineup will be tonight, but I would not be surprised if the idiot Cubs GPT puts both Barnhart and Gomes in the lineup. Barnhart is hitting 235 and 17 at bats with a home run, and Gomes is hitting 455 in 11 at bats with one dong. So, you know, they both can maybe, you know, see Darvish a little bit better than others. Uh, the only other person with a real sample size versus Darvish is Swanson, who is hitting 154 and 13 at bats. Talkman and Morell both have one hit for a 250 average, but that just means that they have only seen him four times. Everyone else either sucks versus Darvish or just hasn't faced him. Smiley has seen a few of the Padres in the double digits. Machado is hitting 300 off of Smiley in 20 at bats, and Bogarts is hitting 217 in 23 attempts, but he does have a home run despite the lower batting average. Outside of that, Cronenworth is the only guy doing damage versus Smiley with a 286 average in seven at bats. Odor is hitting 167. Soto is hitting 083, both with 12 at bats. But the next five by five guys combined only have one hit in 20 at bats. So that could be good for the smiles tonight. You know, maybe you just go ahead and and walk Machado every time he sees him and go after everyone else. Okay, that would probably be a bad idea, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, the weather tonight will be San Diego, and the temperature will be San Diego. Uh, it's just always the same, so who cares? I will probably not be around on the Discord tonight or tomorrow because my oldest son is graduating high school this weekend, so I wanted to give him a shout-out for a job well done as he takes the next step going off to the University of Oklahoma next year where uh, he had to audition and did make the Oklahoma marching band. So you'll see him this year in the Big 12 on the football field. And the following year, he will be in the SEC. For people who love college football, they know the SEC is the biggest stage for college football. And my son's going to be out there taking part in what I think is actually the most fun part of football and Honestly, the NFL should really get marching bands, in my opinion. And also, let's do marching bands in baseball. 
We've got time. Seventh inning stretch, marching band come out there, and you can sing, take me out to the ball game, and watch a couple of songs as they march through the outfield. That would be wonderful. I would like that. Anyway, that is it for me, and I am out at home. But before I go, I want to say happy Pride Month for everyone else who is also out at home. Danny will be in tomorrow, and until then, Spugog! All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But Super Ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show, delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts. Plus, eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network, your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on June 4th, 2020. 23. Well, this late game, sitting somewhere on Bill Sugas's DVR, is about to be burned and thrown in the landfill along with Bill's DVR because this was a stinker, really got off to a bad start when, I don't know, the lineups were announced. That was pretty much the start of the bad night for the Chicago Cubs last night. Um, Cubs going up against you, Darvish, who, man, uh, if he was on the Cubs like he once was, uh, we might be a pretty darn good team. Unfortunately, he plays for the Padres. He has an ERA in the mid-fours, but he brought it down last night with seven innings of scoreless two-hit baseball, and uh, the Cubs' lefty-loaded lineup uh, say that three times fast. Lefty loaded lineup, lefty loaded lineup, lefty loaded lineup. Still got it. Uh, well, they stink. They, <laughs> it was terrible. My- Miles Mastroboni, 
who actually had one of the two hits, so I shouldn't be too down on him. But uh, the, our third baseman, Miles Mastroponi, um, yeah, he went over four. Or no, no, he went one for four and actually brought his average up to 157. He now has a 467 OPS. I could feel him about to break out. In what world is this your leadoff hitter? I I just I don't understand. They uh Horner well, he batted second uh for so I guess that's just a start him with a lefty, I guess, cuz you Darvish is terrible. Like you Darvish is a good pitcher no matter what. Our left-handed hitters are terrible no matter what. You know what I mean? Like I you'd be better off with Miles Mastroboni batting right-handed. Like just to just to throw you off because he won't know what to do. His game plan will be totally wrecked at that point. Miles Mastroboni cross-handed batting righty uh, would be just as effective, I think, as him batting lefty. Like, it doesn't matter when your lefties are, you know, Rios, who struck out three times. Actually, he played in the game, though. That was impressive that he even got the start. But he's batting .071. Here's another lefty, Mervis, batting 179 over three. Barnhart, oh yeah, he's a lefty, but who cares? Because he's 0 for 3 with three strikeouts last night. Um, and it didn't get that much better for the right-handers. They didn't get anything done either. Seiya Suzuki uh, crapped his pants against his Japanese brethren. Three strikeouts in four trips to the plate. Um, not great. Yeah, I mean, just just up and down, a terrible lineup. Wrong order of people, but it didn't matter. Like, you, Darvish, was going to carve us up, even if you had righties out there. Like, you know, I mean, and the righties, like, you, Darvish, is better against them. We just don't have lefties. And so I got a little curious, and I'm going to talk about it on the Sun Ranto Show live tonight when we welcome Steve Trout to the show to talk about the 84 Cubs. But we're also going to talk about the fact that the Cubs are terrible against right-handed pitchers. And let me run through some stats real here to kind of illustrate what's going on. Cubs left-handed hitters have a 683 OPS. That's the third worst in Major League Baseball. Batting right-handed, they are 756. That's eighth best. Against lefties with our right-handed, not just right-handed hitters, but just against lefties in general, the Cubs have a 791 OPS and a 7-11 versus righties. So those are some pretty large discrepancies in the numbers, especially when you look at it against the rest of the of Major League Baseball, where you end up top of the league or bottom of the league. Seems like a pretty big issue to be addressed, um, especially when you're lefties. Well, one of them's out. Cody Bellinger was day-to-day, then he was out 15 days. Now he's out for the rest of his life. I don't know what's going on with Cody Bellinger. Uh, but when you're throwing at the situation, Miles Mastroboni, um, Ian Happ, who you know is usually better than the left from the left side, but not uh, last night he wasn't. 0 for four in this game, and then uh, you have uh, Rios, and he struck out three times, batting .71. Matt Mervis, who comes up as the lefty, and is frankly doing worse than Hosmer from the plate. I mean, you can't just look at the numbers and conclude anything else he's having a terrible start to his major league career um and then you got tucker barnhart who's never been able to hit he's basically might as well be a pitcher like might as well bet a pitcher ninth uh 
Like, honestly, you're telling me Drew Smiley, the veteran, he's taking some at-bats at his life. You're telling me he'd do worse than Tucker Barnhart? I don't think so. So, anyway, we lost the game as soon as we threw out this lefty-heavy lineup because we don't have good lefties. And um, it, it, this isn't the only time that David lost, uh, Ross has done this. But he did it last night, and I knew it wasn't going to work, and there it was. I would be curious to look at our record in some of these uh, lefty-heavy lineups. Maybe I'll do that bef- before tonight on the Sun Ranto Show. So tune in and check that out. Um, and check out lefty Steve Trout, who would do terrible against the 2023 Cubs because we're actually good against lefties. So uh, let's talk about how this game kind of kind of uh, unfolded. It began with two of our lefties and a righty rolling over to second base. Easy inning for Darvish. In the bottom of the first, Matt Mervis kicked a Juan Soto ball uh, into right field and made it a double. So, first of all, how is this not an error? Because he went to make a sliding play that he should have made, but instead he kicked the ball into right field. And then uh, I think it was Horner was running behind him. He couldn't back up the play because the the ball went the other way. Anyway, it was ruled a hit somehow. And uh, no runs, uh, though, in the inning as uh, Smiley got out of it. Darvish then struck out the side in the second. And in the bottom of the second, uh, the Padres got their first run off of a couple singles, a sacrifice bunt, and a sacrifice fly. And then uh, Grisham doubled and brought in that other single. And uh, a little Talkman error brought, uh, well, a run scored on the play. It would have scored anyway, but it allowed Grisham to, to get to third base. But he didn't score. So it was only 2 nothing at the end of the second. In the third, the Cubs got one of their two singles from Miles Mastrobody. And uh, Tatis in the bottom of the inning, homered, making it 3 nothing, off of Drew Smiley. And then it, Fulmer, I mean, I'm going to fast forward. I'm going to fast forward through three innings where basically nothing happened. Fulmer came in in the sixth to get the last out with two on after Smiley got into a little trouble. Smiley altogether not bad in the game. Tough Padres lineup up and down. And, uh, I mean, his final line, 5.2, three runs, seven hits, three walks, four Ks. I mean, of course, it's not his greatest start of the year. It's quality-ish. So, I mean, he left you in the game. You, you you only had one hit at this point when he left, so I don't know what you want him to do. <laughs> tight game. He couldn't relax. He just had to keep it uh, tight the whole time. But Fulmer came in, and he actually uh, struck out Xander Bogarts, who earlier in the game had a bloody nose, which was kind of weird. He ended up with blood coming out of his face, which... I understand having just had sinus surgery, I've uh, had I've sported a similar look recently, but he had these cool little like uh, nose tampons that he shoved, that he shoved up to try to sop that up. So I've I don't I'm not that fancy. I've just been using Kleenex. But anyway, he struck out, and um, in the seventh, uh, Dansby Swanson singled. Hoorah! That's the Cubs. 
second hit and last hit of the game. Fulmer came out in the bottom of the seventh um, with one out. He walked Soto, wild pitch. Then he struck out Machado. Then he walked Sanchez. But in the end, Fulmer didn't give up any runs. But a couple walks, strikeout, wild pitch. I don't know. He's not good. Alfonso Rivas, old friend, came out to play first base for the Padres. Uh, he hasn't had an at-bat this year for the Padres, but he did have one in this game uh, because Estrada, I'm going to call him Eric Estrada because it's because, you know, I love those 70s chips references. Ponch and John, you know. No, but uh, yeah, Estrada came out in this game and listen, I want nothing more in the world than to have Eric Estrada <laughs> taking a a, a a a page from Michael Cotton's uh, misremembering names uh, mo, but no J- uh, Jeremiah slash Eric Estrada is not the answer to the Cubs bullpen. He throws really hard. He's got a lot of talent. Big arm. Twenty four years old. You know you like you like the tools, but so far it's not great. He, he gives up the two singles, and then he did get Carpenter to line out, and he struck out Rivas, but then Tatis homered again. Put the game out of reach. 6 nothing. Cubs ain't coming back in this one. Horner walked in the ninth, but that's not even a fake rally. I think you have to have the tying run at least on deck or in the hole at least to start talking fake rally. But overall, the Cubs just got beat, and they got beat pretty handily. Uh, Darvish had his way with us, nine strikeouts, only one walk, seven innings pitched. Definitely outdueled Smiley, who wasn't bad, but, you know. Uh, let's just talk about today's game, because that's way more interesting than what happened last night. I mean, honestly, I, I the only way that the news would be good about last night is if you Darvish was still on the Cubs. <laughs> we were doing that to another team as we used to. So, uh, yeah, today, this game's at 4.30 p.m. Central Time, and uh, it features Marcus Stroman, our ace, versus not their ace, but a lefty, Ryan Weathers, who's 1-3 with a 4.28. So we got a chance in this game. We'll have some righties in the lineup. We did see Ryan Weathers earlier this year in relief, and we did nothing against him in Chicago, but it was only one inning of work. And it's also Peanuts Day in San Diego. They're celebrating one of the most popular comic strips of all time, Peanuts. Uh, You can get a theme game package, including a limited edition Flying Ace Snoopy bobblehead and a ticket to the game. But I'm sorry for buttering that all up because it's completely sold out and you can't get one. Besides the fact that you probably do not live in San Diego. I know I don't. And I know that I don't care about bobbleheads. But I know a lot of you do. And uh, I can guarantee that this would be sold out in Chicago too. People go crazy for this stuff. Well, let's talk about uh, Ryan Weathers first. Why not? He is not great. He's got a 428 ERA on the season. 33.2 innings pitched. He's got 22 strikeouts and 14 walks in that span. The last time, well, he pitched a little bit out of relief in the middle of the uh, year 
or in the middle of the year, yeah, well, April, end of April. But uh, he, he was a starter, and then they made him a reliever, and now he's a starter again. Again, so last time he went out there, only lasted four against Miami, 96 pitches. So uh, three walks in that game probably contributed to that. Seven hits, apparently a lot of deep counts as well, four strikeouts as well. Uh, anyway, he wasn't that good. He wasn't that good against Washington either. So uh, he's given up four runs in his in uh, his lat in his first two starts in May against L.A. and the Nationals, and three against Miami. So he's not that good. I think we can do this, fellow fans. I think we can do it. And um, here's who could do it: Patrick Wisdom with a dong against him, two for five, couple of walks. Better see Wisdom out there, not. No Miles Mastroponi against the lefty. That would make no sense. Jan Gomes should also play. He's two for four. It's all small sample sizes here, though. Yeah, only 31 total plate appearances spread amongst a bunch of guys. But, yeah, I like our odds today. I just bet Cubs. Bet Cubs. Marcus Stroman on the mound. That's the other reason to bet Cubs, too, because he has been absolutely awesome in his last three starts. Against Philly, he went six innings, only gave up one run on three hits. Against the Mets, he went eight innings, gave up two runs on four hits, only three Ks. And then last time, an absolute gem against one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best so far. One hitter, complete game, shutout. one nothing victory over the Tampa Bay Rays on Memorial Day. Eight strikeouts. Wow. Do it again, Stro. Going out there against the Padres, and here's how they do against him. It's not quite as easy. It, it doesn't look easy. Xander Bogart's three dongs, although it did take him 38 at-bats to do it. Batting 316, though. 971 OPS. Uh, Machado has a home run, although that's only one of his four hits in 24 trips to the plate, so he's batting only 167. And then, uh, speaking of dongs, Juan Soto has one off of him. He's three for eight, sees it well. He sees everybody well. He's awesome. And Fernando Tatis Jr. also has a home run, but is also batting 167. It's a lot of names in this lineup. And uh, overall, they've got a 757 OPS against them in 143 plate appearances. So that's quite a few. They've seen them quite a bit. And... Um, I don't know if that bodes well for us. I, I don't know. We can get to Weathers, though. Even though it, Marcus Stroman has been awesome, he hasn't done great against this Padres squad, but I like our chances on Peanuts Day. I really do. I really do. Stroh's going to stop it right now. We're going to get at least the split in this series, which won't be terrible considering who the Cubs have been. I'm actually looking forward to listening slash watching this game. I did manage to catch a little bit of Marquis broadcast last night. I'll just finish with this. I find it, once again, unwatchable and unlistenable. It really only took five, ten minutes for me to shut it off and go to the Padres broadcast. And even that I did with the sound off. And then I realized that the MLB is now producing Padres games. Because they screwed up their streaming situation. And I'll tell you this much. Made me think of the Cubs. Because 
I don't know how much money they've got sunk into this marquee network, but I can't watch it. I would absolutely buy the standalone marquee app when it's available and it's not, but it is a terrible broadcast. Like when it's cringy, when Boog says T-Mac, I like my shoulders tense. I, the hairs on my neck go up and I just, I feel like sick to my stomach. Like hearing a cat crying from hunger, it makes me, it turns my stomach inside out and makes me feel depressedly ill. It's an awful broadcast and I don't know, rant over, I don't know why I got into this. Just have a nice Sunday, just have a, you know, go go bask in the the glowing embers of Bill's DVR and enjoy the day. Spagog. Stuff. Hey, Cubs fans, at Amazon.com do you buy lots of stuff? Why not support the Sunranto show by shopping through Sunranto.com slash stuff? All you gotta do is fill your cart at Amazon with lots of stuff. Then before you check out with all of that wonderful stuff, head on over to Sunranto.com slash and click any of our Amazon links before you buy your stuff. Check out like you normally would with all that beautiful stuff. And the Sunranto show will get a small kickback because of the stuff you bought. And you'll be helping the Sunranto show buy all the stuff. We need to stay on the air talking about the cups and other stuff. Plus, you could win a monthly prize. If some of your stuff. is chosen for Amazon stuff. of the month, and if you win, we'll send you more stuff. Sunranto.com/slash. That address again is Sunranto.com/slash. Monday, June 5th, 2023, and this is Cubs Pod, your daily dose of Cubs recap and commentary, a Bleacher Bunch production for the Fans First Network. If you are not subscribed to the Bleacher Bunch yet, it would be a lot cooler if you were. You can find the Bleacher Bunch on all podcast services, and you will get Cup of Cubby Blue from Sarah Sanchez, Sunranto Show from Danny Rocket, and the Baseball Rabbit Hole will soon be re-releasing every episode remastered and updated as I get ready to start a new game soon. One feed, lots of great content, with more to come. Okay, enough with the advertising, let's talk about this Cubs victory over the San Diego Dads. Sunday afternoon, Marcus Stroman faced off against Ryan Weathers. Unlike the actual San Diego weather, Weathers was bad. It got started right up top with Nico Horner leading off. 
I will never understand any lineup in which Nico Horner is not the leadoff hitter. I mean, I guess if you're giving him a day off, of course, but if he's playing, he needs to be the leadoff guy. Cubs fans for decades have bemoaned the fact that we never have a good leadoff hitter, and now that we have one, David Loss still wants to fiddle with the lineups at times. I mean, just stop. We go when Nico goes. So let him go first. Anyway, Nico Horner let off the game with a double. Dansby struck out, but Ian Happ got lucky, and the Cubs were able to put the first run across early. I say Happ got lucky because he hit a grounder to Manny Machado at third, and Machado just like lost the grip on the throw or something because he airmailed that ball over Alfonso Rivas at first for an error. With the ball rolling around in foul territory, Nico was able to score after a good send by Willie Harris at third. Happ moved to second on the play. Then uh, Saya popped out, and Patrick Wisdom came through with a two-out single to left field. Unfortunately, Willie Harris made a bad send on this play, and Ian Happ got called out at home after a great throw from Juan Soto beat him to the plate. Now, Ross did challenge the play, and despite the throw beating Happ there, it really did look like he might have made it in under the tag. But supposedly, there was no definitive angle, and the call stood as an out. Like I said, I think he was safe, but honestly, Willie Harris should not have been sending Hap on that play. Even if he had been safe, the send was still bad. Cubs could have had runners at the corners with Gomes coming up to the plate, but instead, they were out of the inning. I'm not saying Gomes would have hit a three-run homer in the first inning, but he did hit a solo shot to lead off the second inning, so maybe he would have. We will never know. Right after Gomes called Yahtzee, Mancini went back-to-back with the veteran backstop and hit his fourth homer of the year, and the Cubs were up 3-0 before an out got recorded in the second inning. Then Miguel Amaya, who was in the DH spot, which is a fake position, but it is better than being a AAA catcher for no reason, he got a single followed by a morel walk to put two more guys on before anyone got an out. Now, I want to talk about Morrell here for a moment. I see dummies out there in the world talking about how the kid isn't good anymore, that the pitching has figured him out, that his batting average is dropping, all that stuff. And yes, I mean, that's true. He's not hitting nine homers in two weeks. But I have noticed something that nobody is talking about and was on display in this game. He's starting to see pitches a little bit better, and Morrell is starting to walk. Yes, he is 0-15 in his last six games, but he does have four walks in that stretch. Of course, I mean, three of them were against San Diego, but, you know, it's not great. But maybe there's an adjustment happening here that could really be good. His K rate is still too high, but he has three walks and one strikeout in his last seven plate appearances. And if this keeps up, pitchers are going to have to start challenging him again like they did early on. And that's where his good contact could come back. So even though he seems to be struggling right now, I'm hoping that, you know, some of these walks that he's seeing right now are signs of good things to come. Anyway, back to the game action. Nico grounded out. Dansby doubled in to drive in the rookies and then Hap grounded out. But that was the end of Weathers for the day. He went 1.2, had a strikeout and a walk, but the Cubs hit seven times, two of which were homers, and they never looked back. In the third inning, yes, I am still only in the third inning because the Cubs did all the damage in the first 
third of this game. In the third inning, now facing Drew Carlton, Gomes got a one-out single, then Mancini struck out, and Miguel Amaya came to the plate with one on and two out. The second pitch he saw from Carlton, Amaya crushed. He drove a two-run homer into the left field seats for his first home run in the big leagues. He followed that up with a single in the sixth inning as well as as well for a three-hit game. Uh, his fourth at bat, he was actually hit by a pitch after fouling off three in a row. So I don't think it was intentional, but who knows. But that was it for the Cubs offense. Um, so let's talk about Marcus Stroman. He was coming off 17 spectacular innings in his last two starts, and he added six more in San Diego. Apparently, he did not have his best stuff, but if you aren't going to have your best stuff, it's good to do it in San Diego because their offense is bad. Stroman went six, struck out six, gave up four hits and three walks for one run scored against him. But the best part about the game was the fun that he and Juan Soto had with each other in three battles. Soto technically got the better of Stroman with a walk and a hit in the first two, but Stroman got the last laugh, literally, with a strikeout in the fifth inning. In the first inning, Stroman walked Juan Soto, who, in true Soto style, did a shuffle step as he took his trip to first base, you know, kind of rubbing it in that he got the walk, shuffle step, whatever, it's fun. In the fifth inning, though, Stroman froze Soto with a sinker down and in to ring him up looking. Then Stroh stepped to the side of the mound and did a shuffle step of his own to celebrate the strikeout. Soto watched him do the shuffle on the mound and good-naturedly smiled out at Stroman on the mound. Even the Padres announcers laughed about it. And I am here all day for guys having fun, playing the game, and giving each other a little business here and there. And we all know Soto does this all the time, so... He really doesn't have a leg to stand on if he wants to get upset about that. But I really don't think he ever would get upset about it. He seems like a real kind of a, a fun player. Outside of the Amaya Homer, uh, you know, the Stroman shuffle step was my favorite part of the game. The Cubs bullpen did not suck. Merriweather, after a horrific start to the season, has really settled into being a pretty consistent good pitcher. Uh, Fulmer walked a guy, but no damage, and Hughes cleaned it up in the ninth. I'm not exactly sure why we used what could be considered some of the top guys in the bullpen to get a six-run win when we have another game against San Diego and six more on the West Coast before they get back to Wrigley. But hey, we won, and who cares about the next game, right? As for the next game, the Cubs are inexplicably playing four games in San Diego with the final game on Monday. I cannot remember the last time they ended a series on a Monday, except maybe if it was a holiday or something. If you know, you know, hit me up in the Discord and let me know when the last time that happened. But this is weird. Regardless, this will be an 8-10 start, Chicago Standard Time, and we will see Kyle Hendricks face off against Blake Snell. Hendricks has a 3.86 ERA and eight strikeouts in two games. Most of those earned runs came on bloops in his first outing. But he handled the Rays' vaunted offense for five innings in his next outing, and they only scored one, so I'm feeling pretty good about Kyle right now as he returns from that long trip to Illinois. 
He has seen Juan Soto 10 times, and Soto is hitting 400 against him. And Manny Machado has seen Hendricks 14 times and is hitting 357. Only one other player has double-digit at-bats against Hendricks, and nobody really has more than one hit, except for Matt Carpenter. Now, here's the thing. Carpenter and Hendricks have faced off 54 times. That is a big number. I'm not sure I've ever seen such a large sample size, but with Carpenter being on the Cardinals and Hendricks being on the Cubs for so long, uh, you know they are they have had a ton of opportunities to battle, and Hendo is actually leading in the long competition. Carpenter is only hitting 204 against Kyle and has only driven in four total runs in that time, possibly on the two home runs that he's hit. I wonder who has actually which batter and pitcher have faced off the most in their careers. It was probably, I'm sure it was probably something back in the old days when, you know, pitchers pitched all nine innings and whatever. But for this new era and a batter and pitcher facing off over 50 times, that seems like a ton. It's amazing. (sighs) Okay. On the other side, Blake Snell has seen Gomes the most at 13 times, and Gomes is hitting 385 with a homer. Mancini has seen Snell 11 times and is almost as good hitting 364 with a homer as well. Talkman also has 11 at bats and is hitting 273, but has not hit a homer. Maybe this will be it tonight, hopefully. Outside of that, none of these Cubs have really faced Snell much. And if they have, they haven't gotten a hit off him. Ian Happ has the most of these with six at bats and he has no hits. So I don't know. It's like those three guys, you know, we got Gomes, Mancini, and Talkman who seem to hit him pretty well, but nobody else is touching the guy. Of course, they haven't had a lot of opportunities. And right now, uh, Snell is not quite as good as he once was. Now, since it is Monday, let's roll through the Major League standings real quick, and then we'll get out of here. In the NL East, Atlanta continues to hold on to first place, three and a half games ahead of Miami, surprisingly. Uh, The Mets are in third with a 500 record, and the Phillies and Nationals are slowly fading. In the NL West, the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers continue to run neck and neck in first place, 10 games over 500, at identical 35 and 25 records. The Giants, who we will see this weekend, are one game under 500 and they're five and a half games back. The Padres are in fourth, two games ahead of the Rockies. In the NL Central, it is the Brewers with a half game lead over the Pirates. We all thought the Pirates were fading, but they've gotten it back together. Um, the Cubs are also climbing. They have snuck past the Reds into third by half a game. And the Cardinals are 10 games under 500 and have the worst record in the National League. And I love it. Okay. The American League. The AL East still has the Rays in front of the Orioles by four games, followed by the Yankees, Blue Jays, and Red Sox, who are all over 500. Yes, Every spot, first through fifth in that division, is got a winning record. 
the AL Central is kind of the opposite. They are the worst division in baseball, with the Twins holding a three-and-a-half game lead in the division despite only being two games over 500. The Guardians and Tigers are three-and-a-half games back, followed by the White Sox and the Royals, who are in fifth place and are terrible. In the AL West, the Rangers are in first, and they are 18 games over 500. The Astros are three-and-a-half back, in second and the angels who we see tomorrow are eight and a half back and one game over 500 the mariners are in fourth and the oakland a's do not even exist okay that's all the news i can squeeze into this one so i am out at home spugog Pedro Stroman. If you like the Cubs a bunch, buy your t-shirts from In The Clutch. We've got all the best styles for you. Tansby Sayer, Morel too. Clark Fly in his W. Cody Bellinger, smoking dudes. Vintage shirts from days of old. Patrick Wisdom and Nico. You'll look sharp wearing your stroke. Temper set up with the code. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O InTheClutch.com is your store for the most fun baseball shirts on the planet. Don't forget to use promo code SUNRANTO to knock a couple bucks off your purchase. Stack or die, we need more cups. Get it all at InTheClutch. Cause if you like the Cubs a bunch, buy t-shirts from InTheClutch. Get it all at InTheClutch. Get it all at InTheClutch. Hi, and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network, your daily dose of digestible, disposable, decompostable Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, here to tell you, unfortunately, what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on June the 6th, 2023. Well, Bill Sugas, it's time to take that DVR of yours and um, covered in gasoline, then strike a match, throw the match at the gasoline-soaked DVR, and then watch it burn. Watch it burn in the backyard. Of course, like, do a safe burn. Keep it away from your house and stuff like that. Because, you know, Ben Zobrist sleeping in your basement. Uh, we don't want anything to happen to that precious man. But honestly, this this game belongs in the trash. And you know what I want to throw on that DVR fire? The umpire from last night. Phil Cuzzy. Absolute garbage game for Phil. Um, I, I was listening to the radio call. Ron Coomer was laying into him, just saying, this is just bad. He's just, a, now, he's a nice guy and everything, but he is a bad umpire. This is going terribly. He's an awful umpire. This is what Coomdog kept saying. I'm hearing from Twitter that it was no different with Rick Sutcliffe, just absolutely wearing it on his heart, everything that was happening to the Cubs last night. It was complete garbage. Phil Cuzzy is the reason the Cubs lost this game. And it and we knew it early on. Like, this is what happened in the first inning, for example. So the game gets off to a pretty okay start. I mean, Nico Horner works this walk, bunch of pitches in the at bat, totally works the walk to start the game. But then after that, uh, 
two guys get called out on strikes, Dansby Swanson and Suzuki. And then uh, Wisdom, because he's got... uh, He's got no idea what the strike zone is from Phil Cuzzy right now. He ends up swinging at a pitch outside of the zone. I mean, it was honestly what, I mean, this was the most disgusting display of umpiring I've seen in a while because, like, the the pitch against uh, Dansby was bad. The Suzuki one was outside of the zone, and apparently he's had more bad calls against him than any player in the majors except for one other person. I forget who it was, but, like, he's second worst in that category, and there's a little graph that you can see where all the bad pitches that Seiya Suzuki has been called uh, that have been called strikes on him. And, you know, it's just unacceptable. These are professional umpires, and they cannot see. It's ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, Dan's, once you start to expand the zone, they had no chance because, you know, they have two on in that first inning, and when they left them both on base because of strikeouts, and I'm listening on the radio, but, like, I can tell that it's not going well because Coomdog is livid about it. I mean, I'm just like, oh, it's going to be one of those games. Cubs are going to threaten and then some BS is going to befall them. Phil Cuzzy can't see. And it's all going Blake Snell's way. And now I'm thinking, well, maybe this is going to transfer over to Kyle Hendricks. It did not. Uh, although he did get a 1-2-3 first inning uh, it, and sent the Angels down in order. In this, in the second inning, it was more of this crap uh, from Phil Cuzzy because Gomes singles to lead off the inning. And then two more strikeouts. One was Mancini swinging at a bad pitch, but what the hell is he supposed to do? He's got to swing at everything because Phil Cuzzy is freaking blind. And then Amaya gets called out on a pitch about six inches outside of the zone. Like, this thing was not even close. It was like a breaking ball that was supposed to break back in. It never did. Six inches outside the zone. Like, not even freaking close. Like, this one could make, you know, the hall of shame. So just total garbage. And let me get back to Wisdom striking out swinging in that first inning. That was his first of three strikeouts in this game. And he, he was the worst player of the night. By Not only did he do strike out three times against righties, which that was, you had one job. You crush against, I mean, against lefties. You had one job against lefties to go out there and freaking mash. And you go 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. Like, dude, this is like the whole point of you on the team. The whole point. But maybe it's a Phil Cuzzy issue. Let's blame Phil Cuzzy because Wisdom's on the team and Cuzzy we don't have to see until we see him again. But, yeah, in this uh, second inning, it just was the same crap. You know, Maya gets called out on on that situation. And then David Ross in the bottom of the inning when the same strike zone was not given to Kyle Hendricks, um, Machado with the single to lead off, then Cronenworth flew out. So there wasn't really seemingly an actual impetus, like a bad walk or something like that, that happened to justify this moment. But uh, Ross got tossed. David Toss came out and got his, he was arguing balls and strikes, automatic toss. Um, and then he came out and got his money's worth telling uh, Phil Cuzzy that you're just missing calls like left and right. I don't know you're, you're blind as a bat. I don't know what's going on, Phil. Are you hungover? Like, what happened to you that you are calling this against our guy, but not against their guy? And uh, so it was just, it was, it didn't help at all. Everybody's been calling for David Ross to get, to become David Toss, and it did not help because on the exact next batter, Gary Sanchez hit a home run. <laughs> so, it didn't matter. 
It was not, it was a totally worthwhile toss because uh, then the Padres just kept piling on. It, it was two nothing after that homer, and then uh, doubles by Carpenter and Kim directly after the home run after David Toss got tossed. Uh, now it's three to nothing because of the two doubles by Carpenter and Kim. One which Patrick Wisdom, who's an okay third baseman, but he olayed a ball and uh, he probably should have made this play or at least knocked it down, but he olayed it. And um, after that, like you could tell that Kyle Hendricks was pissed, and it's hard to tell when Kyle Hendricks is showing emotion. But uh, they, you know, I've been saying this for a little bit. I'm like, oh, they're totally duping everybody with fake pitch com issues, and that's exactly what happened here. They pretended they could not get on the same page. Amaya and Hendricks. I'm waiting for an umpire to be like, give me that ear piece. I want to see if it, if it works. Other than that, you're getting called for delay of game. I, I want to see that happen because, you know, then we can know that, you know, the pitch clock is garbage. The players know it's garbage, so now they're using fake pitch com issues in order to bring the, the game back under control timing-wise because baseball was not meant to be played with a clock. The players know it. Umpires certainly know it. In fact, you know, it was so weird. Kyle Hendricks hates the pitch clock. He got called for, I think it was three total pitch clock violations in this game. And maybe it was the pitch com actually malfunctioning. Maybe it was the fact that San Diego fans were randomly chanting crap, which I couldn't really understand what they were chanting on the broadcast. But I'm going to look into it as there's just massive amounts of chanting going on um, for no reason, seemingly, because there was nothing happening in the game. All of a sudden, everybody's chanting and going crazy. So I don't know what's going on with that, Uh, you know. Call it Chant Diego, I guess. So the game just uh, kept on unraveling. And uh, I guess in the next next inning, it was Machado that doubled and then Cronenworth singled, making it four to nothing. Snell then cruised through six because everything he threw was a strike. Cubs did nothing. Just the game just kind of kept, as I said, unraveling. And um, then, you know, I know everybody's going to hate this move just because everybody hates Miles Mastroboni. It has not been a great start. I'm going to be here and give Miles Mastroboni a chance just because, honestly, you got to root for the young guys. You got to root for the young, scrappy dudes that are trying to be here. Now, the moment anybody else emerges that maybe would be a better choice than Miles Mastroboni to do any of the the unfortunately heavy lifting that he's been asked to do on this team, because it shouldn't be like, he should not have this job where, you know, Oh, the game's on the line. Let's bring out Miles Mastroboni, you know, which has been happening, which I think is what people are mad about. But no, the, the game was not on the line in this uh, stage when he pinch hit for Gomes, who actually has pretty terrible splits against right-handed hitters. So you bring out the lefty, but it doesn't matter because Miles Mastroboni is not good. He pops out the third. He pops out a lot. He's not good. Also, I might add that that was the DH spot. So you have a you have your backup catcher in DH, not your backup your main catcher in DH. You know who would have been a nice main catcher to have DH? Don't say it. Don't say it. Yeah, we all know who I'm talking about, but I won't say it. But say we get Jan Gomes getting pinch hit for by Miles Mastroboni instead of somebody else who plays for a different team who's actually doing okay, but his team is doing terrible. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I don't want to make Sarah Sanchez mad. I got to do a podcast with her later, for God's sakes. 
the only other thing that really happened in this game was Amaya uh, got hit by a pitch. Um, Morel struck out a couple times because he's fallen way back to earth. Kyle Hendricks went six innings pitched magically. Um, wouldn't say he pitched bad. It was Kyle Light, I'd say. Um, got screwed. Got screwed by Phil Cousy. What, what the guy's gonna do? What's the guy gonna do? Got squeezed while the other guy got to just you know throw whatever he wanted and get it called a strike. But Javier Assad came into this game, um, gave up a couple singles, but no runs in the seventh. In the eighth, he was way worse. Two walks and a single. Uh, he almost gave up a grand slam uh, to Matt freaking Carpenter of all freaking people. Um, Morell in center field kind of saved it. Ended up being a sack fly. And then Miles Mastroboni, who we should all root for because he's on the Cubs, he actually got a single in the ninth because, of course, he was one of the Cubs' four hits. But luckily, nobody will ever have to watch this game again because Bill has destroyed the evidence with his funeral pyre of DVR in his backyard. Well, off, uh, off north to Anaheim, where we play the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California of the West Coast. And uh, Angels aren't good. Wasting the best players really ever to put on the uniform. And Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Just insane that this team cannot do anything. And now you got the Texas Rangers to contend with, who basically put up 50 runs a game. Uh, Los Angeles remains 31-30. and 30 right now just two over at home they just lost three or four to houston they won two or three against the white Sox. uh they were swept by miami so we've got that in common although they were swept at home we were swept on the road and offensively this team is pretty good offense i mean they're pretty good seventh in ops fifth most home runs average strikeouts uh, they don't walk a lot but they have scored 35 more runs than the cubs They've got a pretty decent bullpen, eighth best as far as ERA comes as sixth worst, uh, a run higher, meaning worse. Uh, they don't strike out a lot of guys. They don't walk a lot of guys um, either. So it's kind of average in that way. But, hey, they top 10 pen. So we don't have one of those. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're sixth worst, eighth best. So what, which would you rather? If, in fact, if we had the eighth best pen, we might be in first place. Honestly, we might be. And uh, defensively, uh, they've got the six most errors and average dirt, but it's below average. Ours is slightly above. It's pretty just average in all ways, um, except for their caught stealing percentage, which is abysmal. The fifth worst, their caught stealing percentage, only 14%. So I'm thinking the Cubs maybe do a little running in this series. And the series starts with Hayden Wisniewski who's up now uh, into the rotation for the injured Justin Steele. Probably is going to take a couple starts here. I mean, we need Hayden Wisniewski to be a part of the Cubs' future and end up being like a solid number two, three starter for us. You know, that's what we need, so let's root for that. And luckily, even though it didn't work out last night when we faced the lefty Blake Snell, we get to face another lefty who the Cubs are usually offensively pretty good against. So Tyler Anderson, who for years was with the Rockies, it's where we faced him, is now over on the Angels. And he was uh, pretty bad last time he went out there. He had he gave up six runs in four innings against the White Sox, who actually have a pretty decent offense, all things considered. Um, 
and uh, he's been okay in May. His last, all his starts in May, didn't give up more than three runs. Some quality starts in there, and uh, he's been good. But his freaking April was abysmal. So let's see. Hope we see that guy. There's a guy that didn't get out of the fourth inning regularly. Uh, he gave up five, six, six runs. Uh, a couple times, so you know. Let's just hope we see that Tyler. He's been Jekyll and Heidi. Uh, we have seen him before and had some success off of him. Uh, we got home runs from Gomes and Wisdom and Horner. Uh, not not the hugest sample size in the in the world uh, that I've seen, but um, Gomes, like even with his homer, is actually pretty bad. He's two for fourteen, and then you have. Uh, like say a Suzuki's bad against them, but you got some two for fives in there from Horner and Swanson. Tucker Barnhart even managed a couple of hits off of the guy. So it's not terrible. Overall, 788 OPS, five total home runs, although those are two of them are from Cody Bellinger. It's a mixed bag. But he's a lefty, and we do hit lefties well. I like our chances. We can't let this happen two nights in a row with the lefty on the mound. It's our only chance to win. You know what I mean? So Hayden Wesneski, uh, the last time he went out there, was in relief where he went 3.2 innings, and we all remember what happened in that .1 innings that he was not there for. That's when, um, unfortunately, our reverse uh, splits man, Mark Leiter Jr., decided to go out there and have a stinker of a game and not sweep the Rays because like why would we do that when we're not have no business sweeping the best team in baseball like there's no business doing it so we didn't do it and it was pretty much uh the faults of Hayden Wisniewski possibly I mean I don't want to do some revisionist history but possibly not finishing that inning yeah 3.2 innings four strikeouts one run on a hit which shouldn't have been a hit in my opinion um the fact that Olay play from Patrick Wisdom in that game today or last last night was um, uh, it that was called an error, and it should have been even though it was hit hard. It, it was called an error and then reversed to a double, so that's kind of BS too. It's like apparently participation trophies for everybody, but I, I will say this: in, in Hayden Wesneski's last start on May thirteenth, it was terrible against Minnesota. He gave up seven runs on seven hits. Um, he did have five strikeouts, but he gave up four, count them, four home runs. They absolutely teed off of on him as the Cubs lost 11-1 to as we got obliterated in Minnesota. But you know what? If you're looking at his overall starts, one run on five hits through six against Miami. One run, we lost, of course, five to four. One run on five hits through six against Washington, D.C. Lost, of course, four to one. Time before that, one run on five on four hits through five. Not terrible. Against the Padres. I mean, he's a rookie we're talking about. In fact, he had the seven-run outing against Seattle, which is a game we won, by the way. He was removed from this game after an inning and a third, and the Cubs won 14-9. You all remember that. That's the Nelson Velazquez Grand Slam. And for his troubles, he got sent to the minor leagues, never to be heard of from again. And then, um, but Hayden Wisniewski... After one stinky stinky start against Minnesota, got sent away, and you know I know there were roster moves that were in consideration because of it, but technically 
you look at what he's been doing, it's been better than Tyone. In fact, like against Oakland, and I know it's Oakland, one run on five hits, seven innings pitched. I mean, that's who you're sending down? I mean, I know you're not going to send down Tyone, but I'm just... If that's what gets you sent down in this league, instead of like up actually working, because he was amazing when he went down to AAA. I, I mean, I don't know both times, but I know he did some no-hit, multiple-inning uh, relief work piggybacking with Kyle Hendricks. So, well, now we're going to see what he can do. And I, I'm, for one, I'm here for it. I think uh, Hayden Wisniewski has a real bright future. And um, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather see him than, uh, than just about anybody else at this point. I mean, even more than Kyle Hendricks, who I don't know is really too much a part of this team in the future. You know, I, I know there's a team option and it might be worth exercising. And, and I'm w- willing to keep uh, Kyle around. But, you know, we're getting Kyle light. Like, this is not like... This is not a Kyle Hendricks that is seemingly going to pitch complete game shutouts as he once did. You know, this is the dude that's working his way back. Maybe he works his way back to that point. But until I've seen evidence of that, I kind of want to move on from out with the old in with the new. And I'm not talking specifically about Kyle Hendricks, but I am, Um, you know, just in how things might end up shaking out in general. I would like to see the young guys play, which I understand we're facing some lefties, so you're going to sit nervous against that. But at the same time, it's like if you want an everyday freaking first baseman, unless you're planning on platooning Mervis the rest of his life, he's going to need some at-bats against lefties. He can go down to the minor leagues and mash all he wants all year long. So, I mean, that's not really helpful to us if he's down in minor leagues hitting home runs like it's fun for the people of Iowa but it's it's just going to call for him to come up again and try to get some at-bats he's not getting at-bats like he didn't play last night you know even when they did bring in a righty they pinch hit Miles Mastroboni and I understand they needed it was odd the situation called for it the first first uh, batter of the inning that's what you would do that's who you'd want up I guess um although if you're trying to get Matt Mervis at bats, that was a pretty prime opportunity to do it. You know, he, I know that you don't necessarily need a home run right there. You just need a guy to get on base and not strike out. Well, Miles Mastroboni, I don't care how he gets out. He gets on base about one out of every 10 freaking times. I mean, Jan Gomes, who he pinch hit for, does that from the right side. He's not hitting 150, <laughs> you know, against righties, for God's sakes. This is, this is one of the most frustrating years I've ever been through as a Cubs fan. And I've been through some loser years, but this is not this is not supposed to be a loser year. This is not supposed to be a year where the Cubs look like total ass two, three times a week. Been frustrating. I'm frustrated. As, as the great Lee Elia once said, I'm frustrated. Believe me, I'm frustrated. So uh, what am I leaving out about this preview? Um, yeah, the game's at 8.38 because idiots. And uh, get ready for Christmas in June, even though the phrase is Christmas in July, but the Angels start their games at 8.38 and do their Christmases in June. Um, that starts on Thursday. So get ready because it's Christmas in June, whatever the hell that means. They're going to be playing Christmas songs at the ballpark. Santa Claus is going to show up. I don't know. 
but it's the dumbest freaking crap I've ever freaking heard of in my life. Uh, Christmas in June begins, I guess, at this point. It doesn't really kick off until June 9th, which, by the way, is the day that the Bleacher Bum Band album gets released to people who actually buy it. Um, the way you do that is you go to sunranto.com slash bleacherbumband or just go to sunranto.com and slit, click on Bleacher Bum Band and there you will find the Shalbum. And that is a shirt and an album, Bleacher Bum Band shirt and uh, the Bleacher Bum Band new album, a full eight days before it gets released to the general public. And um, hey, it's the way you support music. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm in uh, the Bleacher Bum Band, a.k.a. me, is in over a thousand dollars on this. Uh, guess how much money we had to record the album that we earned last year by playing a bunch of gigs? Blood, sweat, and tears. We earned a little over a thousand dollars, and we spent it all making this album. So basically, we're a break-even uh, enterprise. If you would like to help us not be just a break-even enterprise and give us a little gas money to get to and from gigs for this year, really appreciate it if you buy the album. Um, it's just a one-time juice for us. It really is. And uh, nobody buys music anymore. And that's really tough for musicians. If you can imagine if the thing that you did for a living, all of a sudden people stop paying you for it, you'd wonder what the hell you spent the last 30 years of your life doing. And I'm not trying to guilt you into this. I'm just saying that is the reality of the situation. And that if you like my Cub songs and you like the Bleacher Bum Band and you want us to exist, um, I, I hope that you'd just... Do something like buy a shalbum, <laughs> which is basically a $30 t-shirt and a $10 album, which I know if anybody's my age, you've spent far more than $10 on one album in your life. But um, anyway, that's all I got to say about that. I'll stop pushing it. Um, I appreciate everybody here because you're probably a Patreon supporter unless you're listening on the completely ad. Um, I Everybody become a Patreon supporter. To count on that support every single month is tantamount to our success. It allows me to do things like try to send in Feel Fly Girl to the Home Run Derby uh, this year for the All-Star Game because it's out in Seattle. It allows me to pay for things like, I don't know, a drummer. <laughs> so it all goes right back into the show. This is this show is absolutely produced by our listeners, and I couldn't tell you how much I appreciate that. So I've rambled on enough. I actually have to go to work myself and earn a little money this morning. But uh, I hope you all have a wonderful Tuesday and Spagog. <laughs>